Welcome to the Christ the King podcast. I am Pastor Michael McGinley of Christ the King Lutheran Church right here in Spencer, Iowa. And we are a congregation of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod coming to you this Wednesday evening, the 24th of March, as we continue our series, uh, our midweek Lenten series, The Lord's Prayer in the Lord's Passion. And tonight we will be looking at the petition, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And we look at this in our Lord's Passion in uh, Luke's account in Luke chapter 23. Now, when we pray and forgive us our trespasses, what are we praying for? How do we expect God to answer that prayer? And then the second part of that, as we forgive those who trespass against us. How are we capable of doing this? And we see a great example of this, answering all of these questions with the thief on the cross. Now, most of the time when people mention, is baptism necessary for salvation? They'll, they'll ask about the thief on the cross, but we'll see. But not only was the thief's sins forgiven, but like it, like we are in baptism, he is being crucified with Christ. In baptism, we are, we are baptized into Christ's crucifixion. And here is this criminal asking for forgiveness, being crucified with Christ. A beautiful image of our salvation right here in Luke 23 as we look at this petition this evening. With that, let's go ahead and begin our Vesper service with the hymn, Lord Jesus, think on me.
Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise to thee, O Christ, King of eternal glory. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Have mercy upon me, O God, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. Do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness with burnt offering and whole burnt offering. Then shall they offer bullocks upon thine altar. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. The Epistle for the Fifth Midweek Vespers in Lent is written in the ninth chapter of Hebrews, beginning at the eleventh verse. Brothers, but Christ, having come as a high priest of the coming good things, through the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this creation, nor yet through the blood of goats and calves, but through his own blood, entered in once for all into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer, if sprinkling those who have been defiled sanctified to the cleanness of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without defect to God, 
cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. For this reason, he is the mediator of a new covenant, since a death has occurred for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first covenant, that those who have been called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. For where a last will and testament is, there must of necessity be the death of him who made it. For a will is in force where there has been a death. For it is never in force while he who made it lives. Therefore, even the first covenant has not been dedicated without blood. For when every commandment had been spoken by Moses to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of the calves and the goats, with water and scarlet wool and hyssop, and sprinkled both the book itself and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the covenant which God has commanded you. Moreover, he sprinkled the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry in the same way with the blood. According to the law, nearly everything is cleansed with blood, and apart from shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness, no remission. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The Small Catechism The Lord's Prayer The Fifth Petition What is the fifth petition? And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. What does this mean? We pray in this petition that our Father in heaven would not look upon our sins nor deny such petitions on account of them. For we are worthy of none of the things for which we pray, neither have we deserved them, but that he would grant them all to us by grace. For we daily sin much, and indeed deserve nothing but punishment. So we will verily, on our part, also heartily forgive and also readily do good to those who sin against us. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Luke, the 23rd chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. When they led him away, they grabbed one Simon of Cyrene coming from the country and laid on him the cross to carry it after Jesus. A great multitude of the people followed him, including women who also mourned and lamented him. But Jesus, turning to them, said, Daughters of Jerusalem, don't weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming in which they will say, Blessed are the barren, the wombs that never bore, and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will begin to tell the mountains, Fall on us, and tell the hills, Cover us. For if they do these things in the green tree, what will be done in the dry? There were also two others, two criminals, led with him to be put to death. When they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified him there with the criminals, one on the right and the other on the left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. Dividing his garments among them, they cast lots. The people stood watching. The rulers also scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, if this is the Christ of God, his 
chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming to him and offering him vinegar, and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. An inscription was also written over him in letters of Greek, Latin, and Hebrew, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who was hanged insulted him, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other answered and rebuking him, said, Don't you even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. He said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus said to him, Amen, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. It was now about the sixth hour, and darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour. The sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was torn in two. Jesus cried out with a loud voice and said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. When the centurion saw what was done, he glorified God, saying, Certainly this was a righteous man. All the multitudes that came together to see this, when they saw the things that were done, returned home, beating their breasts. All his acquaintances and the women who followed with him from Galilee stood at a distance, watching these things. Here ends the gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was delivered up to death, that he might quicken his people. In Salem also is his tabernacle and his dwelling place in Zion. He was delivered up to death, that he might quicken his people. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was delivered up to death, that he might quicken his people.
Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. In Luke's Gospel account of the Passion, these are Christ's first words on the cross. After being condemned to death, our Lord was led away to the place called the Skull with two criminals who were also sentenced to die. Unlike our Lord, though, these were actual criminals, perhaps Jewish revolutionaries trying to overthrow the Roman government, or maybe your typical highway robbers, the sort of lowlives who would hide by a road until an unsuspecting traveler, a pilgrim, came along, who was then ambushed by these thieves, robbed, murdered, and thrown to the side of the road. No matter who they were, they were probably murderers, people you didn't want to associate with. But these are the type of men whom Jesus was now, as we just said, associated with. As he was nailed to the cross, he had one on his right, one on on his left. He was in the middle of them. Imagine the most contemptible people that you've seen in your life. The drunkards, the gluttons, the adulterers, the addicts, so on. How often do you allow yourself to be associated with such a lot? You'd never dream of it. You'd be horrified, maybe even angered, for others around town to think of you as belonging to that type of crowd. Yet, here our Lord hangs, being associated with exactly that type of people. Yet, as he was raised on the cross, he doesn't show horror. Rather, he shows humility, praying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He doesn't show anger. Rather, He shows pity. And right there, right on cue, Luke shows us those who do not know what they do, just the type Jesus was praying about. Because here hangs our Lord. He hangs as the one who had shown mercy to all, hanging there in great humiliation, between criminals, scourged, stripes all over his body, impoverished, hanging in nakedness and shame all alone. And below him are the soldiers, gambling over his clothes, showing callous disregard to the one who hangs impoverished above them, showing contempt to him whom they are crucifying, and who, these men, who ignorantly fulfill the scriptures as they cast lots for his clothes. Indeed, they know not what they do. For he who hangs above them is hidden to them, just like his forgiveness is hidden from them. And across from our Lord there on the cross is a great crowd of people standing by. Here the Lord has nails driven through his hands, driven through his feet. Here the Lord was raised high above the world on the cross, and there across from him people only watched, not saying a word, not raising a hand, just dumbstruck, perhaps even wavering on the inside as they just stood there watching Christ suffer, seeing the blood drip upon the earth. They know not what they do. They know not what they watch. Yet here our Lord prays, Father, forgive them. Where these people were unknowing, there were others there also who rejected, actively rejected his forgiveness. In front of the people, there were the Jewish rulers, the scribes, Pharisees, the chief priests, sneering at him, 
He saved others, let him save himself, if he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. With such words they deride him, they write him off, reject his forgiveness. And as they reject his forgiveness, they reject the Father from whom such forgiveness flows. Below the cross, after they had divided his clothes, the soldiers also mock him, treating him with scorn, playing with him like a cat plays with a mouse before swallowing it whole. To them, this is their entertainment. To them, mocking those on the cross is their sport. So they laugh at him as they bring him vinegar, rancid wine to drink. Not only the soldiers, but the empire of these Gentiles trifle with him as well, so that as the soldiers ridicule, saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There Pilate also hangs a sign above him, mockingly saying, This is the king of the Jews. So that when they hear Christ invoke the Father, they reject his being a king at all. They reject his being of the promised people. They reject his forgiveness. They reject, in all that, their creator at the tree of life. Just like Eve rejected the creator at the tree of knowledge of good and evil. However, it's not just the Jewish rulers and the Gentiles rejecting him, but even the worst of the sinners who hangs with him on the cross. Are you not the Christ? shouts the criminal on his left side. He blasphemes him. Save yourself and us. Now here is an evildoer, whom upon him rests the weight of the guilt of his sins, standing in judgment, or hanging in judgment, before not only man, but also God. And hanging in judgment, he spits upon God's law, just as he spits blasphemies at our Lord's face, being full of self-pride. Seeing himself above even Jesus, he hangs there, even though he hangs under the same judgment, so that even as this criminal stands condemned, he desires only what the world can offer him. He desires only what he can do himself. He rejects the forgiveness of him who is his Savior, and rejecting his Savior, he rejects the God who loved him so that he sent his son to die as he hung beside him. Now tonight we're looking at the petition and forgive us our trespasses. But the Jews, the Gentiles, the condemned sinner, they all reject this prayer. They reject this forgiveness. They reject the body and blood of our Lord. They reject saying, Our Father who art in heaven. They refuse that as their confession, as their prayer. They reject the forgiveness of the one who they mockingly call the Christ, the Chosen One, the King of the Jews, the Savior. They mockingly hoist all these titles upon him. And with that, in all of the scriptures, in all of life, you will not find a greater irony than our Lord being mocked with those names. Because who they mock him to be is exactly who he actually is. But neither they nor the people watching know it. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Now some 
there around the cross reject Christ's forgiveness. But Christ's prayer does not return to him empty. Instead, they work faith into the criminal on his right side. who becomes his sheep, who says to the criminal on the left, do you not fear God since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. Where the world does not know, in this evildoer, the words of Christ created eyes of faith for him to see. So that where the world is ignorant, this man, this criminal on his right, hearing Christ's prayer for forgiveness, this criminal came to see for himself who he really is. The criminal came to see himself as an evildoer, one who performed deeds of wickedness, of murder, adultery, theft, of lies one who had blasphemed God and dishonored those whom God had put in charge to govern. That's the life he lived, and he recognized the sin. He came to see and know himself as a sinner who was there receiving the just judgment for his deeds. But this man, the righteous criminal confesses, has done nothing wrong. So that where the Jews mock Jesus as the Christ, the chosen one of God, that's exactly whom this criminal, with eyes of faith, sees before him. Where the Gentiles mock Jesus as the king of the Jews, the righteous criminal sees the divine kingdom, the divine royalty, the divine reign in Christ's humility. Where the condemned sinner, the condemned prideful sinner, mocked Jesus as the Savior, the righteous criminal sees his Redeemer. And to his Redeemer, he turns to our Lord and prays, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. In effect, he was praying through Jesus, our Father who art in heaven, forgive us our trespasses. Here, this righteous criminal confessed his sins, praying that the Father not deny his prayer because of all the wicked deeds he had done. Here he confesses he is not worthy to to be remembered in Christ's kingdom, knowing he deserves nothing but punishment. But here, through Christ, this righteous criminal prays that the Father would give him all this by his grace alone. We pray this in the Lord's Prayer after we have been baptized, baptized into our Lord's death and into his crucifixion. Notice how the righteous criminal prays this prayer as he dies being crucified with our Lord. Here, our Lord's praying for the Father to forgive them has broken the pride of this criminal and humbled him. And now our Lord does not regard the sin of the criminal or give him what he deserves, but instead tells him in his grace, Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise.
Christ here has forgiven the sinner who is crucified with him. Christ here ushers this criminal into paradise where this righteous man, because he is righteous now, being forgiven, in paradise he will be feasting at the heavenly banquet on the sacrifice of Christ's body and blood which hung beside him. This is not what the righteous criminal deserved, but this is what Christ earned and won for him. This is what Christ prayed for when he prayed, Father, forgive them. Now, this happened for this criminal about 2,000 years ago, but what about for us today? What about for you here tonight that pray and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us? Well, we know how our Lord responds to this prayer. Because he himself prayed, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And he prayed that for all people, not just those that were around the cross 2,000 years ago, but everyone, including you. Look at who you were before being baptized. And you will find it somewhere in this scene at the cross. Some of us, before we were baptized, were callous, brute sinners, blind to whom we sinned against, like the soldiers gambling for his clothes. Some of us were the people standing there, ignorant of our own sin and the depth of our depravity as we could only watch. Some of us were those who came from false religions, false gods, writing off Jesus and rejecting his forgiveness, thinking we didn't need it, thinking he was just a stumbling block for us. Some of us were the Gentiles, the pagans and the heathens who rejected his forgiveness as we trifled with the idea of him being king of the Jews, as we mocked it, seeing the cross as mere weakness and foolishness. Some of us were the condemned sinner, being too full of our own pride to believe that Christ crucified could be our Savior, because we were too secure in ourselves, even when the weight of our guilt was right there in our face. Those at the cross, that's who we were. But when we heard the word of God, it created faith in us. It gave us eyes of faith so that when we were baptized with him, we were baptized into his crucifixion, which we see with our eyes of faith. So that now baptized, crucified with him, that is no longer who we are. Here, for those listening who have been baptized, who believe, those in church who hear this sermon, we are the faithful that sit here listening to Christ. We are the righteous criminals. We are those who pray, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. That is, we are those who pray and forgive us our trespasses. So that as we pray this, we confess that we are the worst of sinners with our murderous desires, our lustful thoughts, our greed, our gossip, our our gluttony, our covetousness, our blasphemies. We confess that we are the evildoer on the cross who came to see his sin. And seeing our sin, we turn to pray to our Savior. We are the Gentile 
who left our pagan ways and our idols to confess as we see Christ on the cross, certainly this man was innocent. That is to say, certainly this man was the Christ, God's chosen one, the King of the Jews, my Savior. He was saying everything we mocked him as being, he actually was. We are now the crowds who went home beating their breasts, no longer just gazing at the cross, but having seen it, having heard it, having been baptized into it living lives of repentance before him who is crucified. We are those who know we are not worthy of anything we pray for. We know we are not worthy of for anything but punishment. That we are not worthy of being remembered by him in his kingdom. Yet we still pray with that criminal, Jesus, remember us in your kingdom. And in so doing, we are asking that the Father would give us all that we ask for by his grace alone. We pray, forgive us our trespasses, having been baptized by him and having received God as our Father, his name now on us. And so when we pray this alongside that criminal, we know what Christ's answer is going to be every time. Today you will be with me in paradise. That is, today, forgiven, you come into paradise. You come into his church. You enter into this heavenly paradise every time you come to this altar to feast on his body and drink his blood. And from that you are strengthened, forgiven, united together in him so that we can also pray as we forgive those who trespass against us. Now that we know we are forgiven, now that we know who our Father is, we can now forgive those who sin against us just as Jesus forgave those who sinned against him when he was on the cross. Us included in that. So now, when we suffer the sin of a brother Christian, when we suffer the disbelief of false religions, the mockery of the world, when we suffer the pride of the arrogant around us, we don't need to seek revenge because we are forgiven. And forgiven, we can now pray in our sufferings with Christ, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt.
Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt. We continue with the creed and the prayer. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried, He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. O Lord Jesus Christ, God of our salvation, who by your salutary passion extinguishes all our evil passions. Give to us, your servants, forgiveness of our sins and remission of our guilt, to the end that from you, O Lord, we may one day receive eternal life, who lives and reigns with the Father and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. O Lord, have mercy. O Christ, have mercy. O Lord, have mercy. O Christ, hear us. God the Father in heaven, have mercy. God the Son, Redeemer of the world, have mercy. God the Holy Spirit, have mercy. Be gracious to us. Spare us, good Lord. Be gracious to us. Help us, good Lord. From all sin, good Lord deliver us. From all error, good Lord, deliver us. From all evil, good Lord, deliver us. From the crafts and assaults of the devil, from sudden and evil death, from pestilence and famine, from war and bloodshed, from sedition and from rebellion, from lightning and tempest, from all calamity by fire and water, and from everlasting death, good Lord, deliver us. By the mystery of your holy incarnation, help us, good Lord. By your holy nativity, by your baptism, fasting, and temptation, by your agony and bloody sweat, by your cross and passion, by your precious death and burial, by your glorious resurrection and ascension, 
by the coming of the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, in all time of our tribulation, in all time of our prosperity, in the hour of death, and in the day of judgment. Help us, good Lord. We poor sinners implore you to hear us, O Lord. To rule and govern your holy Christian church, we implore you to hear us, good Lord. To preserve all pastors and ministers of your church in the true knowledge and understanding of your word and in holiness of life. To put an end to all schisms and causes of offense. To bring into the way of truth all who have erred and are deceived. To beat down Satan under our feet. To send faithful laborers into your harvest. To accompany your word with your spirit and grace to raise those who fall and to strengthen those who stand, and to comfort and help the weak-hearted and the distressed. We implore you to hear us, good Lord, to give all nations peace and concord, to preserve our land from discord and strife, to give our country your protection in every time of need, to direct and defend our President Joseph and all in authority to bless and protect our magistrates and all our people. We implore you to hear us, good Lord, to watch over and help all who are in danger, necessity, and tribulation, to protect and guide all who travel, to preserve all women in the perils of childbirth, to increase the happiness of all mothers with infant children in their blessings to defend and provide for all fatherless children and widows, to strengthen and keep all sick persons and young children, to free those in bondage and those innocently imprisoned, and to have mercy upon all men. We implore you to hear us, good Lord, to forgive our enemies, persecutors, and slanderers, and to turn their hearts, to give and preserve for our use the kindly fruits of the earth, and graciously to hear our prayers. We implore you to hear us, good Lord. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, we implore you to hear us. Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, have mercy. Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, have mercy. Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, grant us your peace. O Christ, hear us. O Lord, have mercy. O Christ, have mercy. O Lord, have mercy. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, do not deal with us according to our sins. Do not reward us according to our iniquities. O God, merciful Father, you have promised to hear the prayers of all who, in repentance, called out to you. Graciously hear us so that all evils, which beset us, may be of no avail, that we, your servants, may evermore give thanks to you in your holy church. 
through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. O Lord, enter not into judgment with your servant, for in your sight shall no man be justified. Almighty God, you know we live in the midst of so many dangers that in our frailty we cannot stand upright. Grant strength and protection to support us in all dangers and carry us through all temptations. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Call on me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you, and you will glorify me. Spare us, O Lord, and mercifully forgive our sins. Though by our continual transgressions we have merited your chastisements, be gracious to us. Grant that all these punishments, which we have deserved, may not come upon us, but that all things may work to our everlasting good. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen.
Thank you for joining us for our midweek Lenten Vespers service. And we pray that the word of the Lord that you heard here may help you delve deeper into the scriptures, deeper into the catechism, and maybe a blessing to you for the rest of this week. Now, this was our last midweek Vesper service in Lent. We're glad to have you had joined us for, for these services. But our series, The Lord's Prayer and the Lord's Passion, is not yet over. Now, we will be back Sunday with a podcast for, for the Palm Sunday service, which will also include the Passion of Our Lord according to Matthew. But this series, The Lord's Prayer and the Lord's Passion, will continue next Monday, Thursday, as we look at the sixth petition, and next Good Friday, which is a week from Friday, as we look at the final seventh petition, Deliver Us from Evil. And so we look forward to having you joining us for those as well. Now, as I mentioned, Holy Week begins this Sunday, Palm Sunday, with Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And so to celebrate all of Holy Week next week, we will be having podcasts for Holy Monday, Holy Tuesday, Holy Wednesday, Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and also Holy Saturday. Now, next week, if you are in or around Spencer, we would love to have you join us for Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday services, and Palm Sunday as well. Uh, Palm Sunday service will be at 9 this Sunday. Good Friday or uh, Monday, Thursday and Good Friday services will be at 6.30 next week. And then next Saturday, we will also be having an Easter vigil to celebrate the coming the, the Passover from Lent into the Easter season, into our Lord's resurrection. We will not have a podcast for the Easter vigil because it just doesn't translate over into a podcast. It's one where... You have to be in church to hear and see and feel all that is going on. So if you are in the Spencer area, we'd love to have you over for our Easter vigil. That will be 8 o'clock next Saturday, a week from Saturday on April 3rd. The music provided for this podcast comes from smallchurchmusic.com, except for the concluding hymn, which comes from lutherantacoma.com. Uh, used with their special permission. We encourage all of our listeners to look us up on Facebook under Christ the King Lutheran Church in Spencer or at CTK Spencer. If you enjoyed this service, we encourage you to subscribe to our podcast, tell a friend, or leave a review wherever you listened. If you would like to be on our mailing list for these podcasts or would like to leave feedback, you can contact us on Facebook, or at the email addresses at the top of the bulletin, which is included in a link with this podcast. That's all for this week. Until next time, go forth and serve the Lord. I am Pastor Michael McGinley, signing off.